Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Glad you're with us across the OutKick network. OutKick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody. We broadcast here daily. Our home in Nashville, Music City, 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, the distillery, the brewery. All right here on site. Everything they sell is made on site here in Music City. And if you haven't been to the space, which is located right behind uh, Music City Center and Bridgestone Arena, right in the heart of Nashville, next time you're visiting Nashville, be sure to swing by in pregame, postgame, or in-game uh, here at 6th and Peabody. Our first event here was nearly a year ago. Yep. Um, at the end of next week will be the anniversary of that when we would have started the NCAA tournament. And, uh, of course, our one-year anniversary with OutKick is coming up next Tuesday. And we, on that Friday, I believe, had the watch party here at 6th and Peabody. Was it Thursday or Friday? It was Friday. Friday. So a week from Friday would be the one-year anniversary of our first big OutKick 360 event here at 6th and Peabody. It was a good time. It was a big time. We knew it was special. Then we moved in in August, and here we are. The whole entire crew making the show happen for us. We're not leaving. That's right. Hit us up on Twitter at OutKick360. The NFL's franchise tag deadline is just around the corner. And by around the corner, we're on the eve of the deadline. Uh, By tomorrow at this time, we will know which players have received the franchise tag and who hasn't. Maybe that's even more important to the start of free agency because if a team does not apply the franchise tag on any of their upcoming free agents, they know those players are going to reach the open market where next Monday, a week from today, there's that opening pre-free agency period where agents and other teams can negotiate contracts for free agents that will be in effect on the start of the new league year on March 16th, which is next Wednesday. At uh, right, Is it at noon or is it backed up to 4 p.m. Eastern? Yeah, I'm not positive. Just like all these deadlines. But it's next Wednesday, right in the middle if of our show. it's 48 hours, it should be 3 o'clock Central. So here, here comes uh, you know, a load of, of information with who's tagged, who's not, and, and who we know. We know Jesse Bates from the Cincinnati Bengals has received uh, the franchise tag. Paul, you said David Njoku, the tight end yep, from the Cleveland Browns. Have they've tagged uh, Njoku, so he's not going to be a free agent. Uh, beyond that, I think there's a lot of maneuvering and wavering going on. Um, a great example would be Harold Landry here in town with the Titans, where I think the Titans will end up having to franchise tag him and treat him similar to the way they did Derrick Henry, where they tag him in order to get more exclusive negotiating options with Time. him over the next couple of months and hopefully work out a long-term deal in their eyes. In exchange, you also have to have a player that's worthy of receiving that one-off contract. And in Landry's case, it would be about $18 million to franchise tag him for the 2022 season. 
and based on his productivity and who he's playing alongside, um, his effort level and the percentage of snaps he plays, and that he can play those percentage of snaps on any down, I think it, he's a player that's certainly worthy of a franchise tag with the idea that you try to work out something more long-term and not have $18 million on your books for the 2022 season against the cap. But they have to free up $25 million just to get to the point where, uh, starting on that March 16th, they can absorb that franchise yeah. tag because they're about $7 million over. So financial work underway, not just for the Titans, for a lot of teams um, in conjunction with these tags. Um, and we're going to see, um, maybe it starts this week, but early next week, um, how many teams make how many moves in terms of adding free agents to the very market that they're going to try to shop to some degree. So Devontae Adams is going to get a franchise tag. I think we know that. If he doesn't, it's because the Packers are completely rebuilding because Rodgers has announced something between now and then. That's how I view it. Um, the Chargers and Mike Williams. The Chargers, they say they don't want to lose their star receiver. And when he's not injured, he's a productive member of their passing game, especially with the quarterback they have with Justin Herbert. Um, the tag for him is going to be about $18.5 million. Now, you're looking at the same thing for Devontae Adams. And, Isn't that interesting that yeah. the price is the same for an edge rusher and a wide receiver? Yes. Uh, Jesse Bates, for instance, got 13. It's, it's roughly 12 or 13. That's more palatable. Yep. Safety's not viewed so, as, as similarly valuable. Here are some other candidates. And, and some of these I, I don't see happening, some I do. And I think a great example of the tight end market is what just happened in Cleveland. Tagging David and Joku. I mean, I felt all along. I feel like Cleveland doesn't like Njoku. They've they've talked for years about using him more, better. Well, they haven't. They signed another one in Hooper. Yeah, Austin Hooper. But they also, uh, you know, it seemed like he was going to take things off in Joku's plate. So, and now it's an eleven million dollar tag or thirteen, I think eleven. And I, here 11, I was. I was hoping Njoku could be an option for the Titans. Yes, yeah. or for <laughs> years we even available. talked about. It. For years well, it yeah. felt like the Titans could get him for a third or fourth round pick. And here's a love, loving indication of him. So I, I wonder what this means for Mike Jus- Mike Jusicki in Miami. What this means for Dalton Schultz in Dallas. Where are you willing to pay them eleven million? for the upcoming season under the tight end franchise tag instead of either going through the draft or waiting on free agency, which may not reap the reward of a Dalton Schultz or a Mike Jasicki or a, um, or a, a David Njoku because these guys are going to make $11 million in a one-off year and then you re, re, regroup with whatever happens next year in the draft, potentially. Does, or, or you get a, a deal worked out with these guys. Does free agency potentially beat the prices down on these guys? Are they getting $11 I think million the draft, the I think the I think based on, based on what I'm reading, like Dalton Schultz could end up getting a huge payday. Think about what Jonu Smith got last year yeah. from New England. Only I mean, takes I, one. Um, you, I think the, these guys are, are – are, the draft class is going to help them. In this case, I, I think don't they're know, about to get paid. I don't know how game-ready a lot of these guys we talked about last week. Cynthia Fruland was talking about how great the, uh, uh, the tight end is as a second-level position, maybe 
fourth, fifth round. A lot of good players. If these guys are game ready, if teams think they could come in and help right away, you're talking about saving $10 million, $12 million. And I'd be tempted to say, Dalton Schultz, you're pretty good, but I don't see you being worth 15 on the market when I can draft a fourth rounder who's going to come in and help me right away. I think the risk-reward and the value here for production, I might not get as much, but I'll get enough to offset $12 million. And I also think tight end is one of those positions that you're more likely than not to be game-ready the way the college game is played now at tight end, especially if you're a pass-catching tight end, that there's a number of guys who come in and play and contribute early, you know, right away for an NFL team as opposed to spending a ton of money in free agency. I get there's a value in the experience and bringing a guy who's done it at that level, but that seems to me, if I'm I'm ranking positions of mid-round guy, like running back's top of the list, mid-to-late-round guy, come right in, plug in, play, can be productive. Tight end's not too far down that list to me. And that's certainly what Cynthia was saying is the league is built for these guys to excel because you're getting smaller and smaller on defense to be faster and faster. And then you bring in a 6'5 tight end, and if he's got receiver qualities, he's going to find size mismatches consistently. I'd take, I, I'm like you. I, I, this, I, this is a place where I would really value the draft. Like, really make sure you get the guy you want or one of the three guys you want. But I wouldn't spend a ton of money there in free agency. Even looking at, at our hometown team here, who's got zero qualified tight ends under contract. Um, I might get myself a mid-range $5 million a year tight end, but then I'd really be looking at the draft. They need to upgrade more than just mid-range. They had a lot of mid-range guys this past year, and they sucked. Um, they, they need a reliable guy that they know can produce. Um, that, that's how I would describe their tight end I'd class be looking that at, they just had, at, uh, which didn't work. I, I don't know that there's a first-round-worthy tight end, and they don't have a second-round pick, but if they traded into the second round, I'd be looking at second-round or third-round tight end for sure. Top priority with wide receiver for me. Biggest difference in the tight end class is last year at this time, we're talking Kyle Pitts, Pat, Pat Fryermuth, and others. Uh, this year, I'm not sure if any of these guys are household names. I'm not saying they have to be, yeah. but I think the perception is last year's class is really good. Guys you can just plug and play. And uh, this year's class is more or less guys that are going to take some time. That's what you expect from rookie classes. But I don't know. It, there's not a first-round guy or a fringe first-round guy. Dane Brugler said maybe not top 50. There's a huge difference then between last year and this year. And other guys, uh, for instance – Chris Godwin from the Bucks, um, injured. He got hurt, but I think they're going to end up franchise tagging him and bringing him back. And you know, there are some pass rushers that are out there, uh, the guys who we know are not going to get tagged up. Chandler Jones is not going to receive a franchise tag. Um, Zach Ertz is doesn't sound like he's receiving a franchise tag in Arizona. So there, there are others. Hassan Reddick, a free agent. I don't know. I think he signed a one-year deal. Well, if he did, then yes. Um, but there, there are others who, uh, J.C. Jackson, who could... They've said they're not signing yeah, so, him to So New State. England he, is going to let him go. He's he wants Jalen Ramsey money. And he'll I get it. I think he'll come up a touch short of that. He'll, he'll get He's really good. top dollar. He'll, he'll be one of those wow contracts this offseason. Yep. Um, beyond that, 
Um, unless there's a, a big surprise, we should see a couple of positions. J.C. Jackson comes to mind. Zach Ertz at tight end. Uh, maybe we see Chris Godwin go to free agency. Maybe we don't. I, I expect not. Uh, there, there will be some some names across the league that avoid the franchise tag that will be hitting free agency. New next England's Monday. disciplined willingness to move on from somebody like J.C. Jackson is just—I really—you uh, have to admire. Because it's, it's got to be tempting to pay that. Got to be. He's really good. And you just let go. I mean, they're a year removed from letting go a top, uh, a top cornerback in, in the trade to Carolina. Oh, yeah, not even a year. They traded him right before the season started, I believe, or right so that's, after. So that's two seasons letting go. Of, Stephon Gilmore was getting older. Yeah. So J.C. Jack, the reason you let Stephon Gilmore go is because you've got J.C. Jackson. Like a month into the season, I think they traded him. Now you let J.C. Jackson walk, and you're really just counting on your ability to continue to develop your guys and to find another one. I, I admire that self-confidence, but how many teams could let a guy they developed like that walk? That's that's some serious self-confidence, self-discipline. The discussion amongst quarterbacks will be interesting. We'll get into this later in the week, but Mitchell Trubisky is the most talked about free agent to be as it sits right now, uh, where the other free agents to be, uh, which could be Carson Wentz. We, we could hear something on that this week um, with, with contract details that will lock in for him. Um, other than, you know, there's a couple of other guys that'll hit the, the free agent market, but Marcus Mariota, right? uh, yeah, Trubisky is going to be one of those hot topics. And we'll, we'll tell you why later this week as to why he's going to potentially end up being a starter in 2022. Trubisky to me is an amazing example of when you can just put someone on the shelf for a year and then watch other bad things happen around that person when they're doing nothing gets pretty and suddenly that thing again. that was dirty and scuffed up and no one wanted looks all shiny and new again and has done nothing Just put to him in a new environment, Chad. Other than people saying, no, he's good, good he in practice. He was next to Josh Allen for a year. Good in practice. Contagious. Well, it's he, crazy. He also didn't suck in Chicago. I mean, yeah, he was he in wasn't bad, bad circumstances. He was just good. He wasn't, he wasn't as great. bad as he, yeah, he looked. He wasn't number three worthy. He sucked in that he was the number two overall pick or whatever it was, and Deshaun Watson went after him and other guys. That's why it's all distorted. He's okay, but he's not, you know, top five pick at quarterback no, good. No. And if the draft were better, we'd not be hearing about him this way. Yeah, but he's he's gonna benefit from it. Yep. Uh and the other guy that will is is Jameis Winston. You know, he's he battled himself and played well up until when he got hurt. And so is, does he end up back in New Orleans? I think they would love to have him back. They showed him running in one of those tanks that takes some of your weight off. Yeah. And he looked fat to me. Well, uh, he played well last year, so <laughs> I'm willing. I'm willing to bet on uh, Jameis Winston because he bet on himself and made a nice business decision by pairing himself with Sean Payton. Yeah. That that's going to work out well for him. I mean, I could watch Jameis Winston workout videos all day. The different workouts he does at post, it's great, and they're always in odd places. Same. The latest one I saw, he was doing something looked like, like a uh, water boy. It looked like the set for the office with like cubicles <laughs> around. And he's doing dropbacks at it around what looked to be cubicles. Uh, it's uh, they're always entertaining. And his, hip, his hip drills, faith. his hip drills, the hip drills are great. It's I mean it, they're fun to watch all of them. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Coming up, PK gives us a review of the NFL Combine, which is uh, wrapped up in Indianapolis. Uh, the top three things you need to know and take away 
from what happened in Indy, not just last week when Paul had boots on the ground there, but over the weekend as well. We've got headlines there. Plus, around the NFL, Patriots releasing one of their top linebackers. Another player has announced his retirement. The Patriots are linked to a wide receiver via trade. And what could be what could be happening with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens? Because we're not hearing much about that contract negotiation. That's all next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up, we'll go around the NFL with some headlines, including the headline of the day with Calvin Ridley, Falcons wide receiver who's been suspended for the full season, the 2022 season, maybe beyond, we don't know, uh, at least until February of next year for betting on football. We'll get into that coming up in a matter of minutes. But first, Koharski with three big takeaways, maybe a bonus one as well. News you need to know and take away from the NFL Combine, which is wrapped up in Indianapolis. Why stop at three? Maybe go four. I think I've got four. Good. Quarterbacks did not move during this Combine, really. Malik Willis might have moved had he done more to work out. All he did was throw. So he threw well. Um, He threw well. I mean, he overthrew a receiver running deep. It was a beautiful deep ball. Say, well, that's a nice deep ball, I think. You do just as well watching Liberty and what he did at Liberty to see how he for threw. sure. So I don't want to overrate uh, him overthrowing a guy who he's never worked with at the combine. But in terms of quarterback movement at this event, there I, I didn't feel like there there was much. He opened his bag on the street and gave a homeless guy a shirt or some stuff out of his bag that he got from teams. That, to me, was as big a development as there was for, and it was a nice moment that somebody caught and tweeted out. That was as big a development. The Steelers apparently like him. They're at 21, I believe. He's not getting past 21. Uh, They may have to move up to secure him if they want him. They definitely need a quarterback. Um, He interviewed well by, by most accounts that I saw, and we talked about his press availability. He was uh, pretty cool, very much himself, not a rehearsed, um, practiced guy, kind of short at the beginning, but opened up as, as he went on. The best testing quarterback was Desmond Ritter. Uh, ran the fastest, 4.52, broad jump the furthest, 10.7, vertical jump 36. Pretty nice numbers for, really good. for a quarterback. Um, but we don't know what kind of pro he's going to be, and we don't know if he's going to be in the, in the first round. On that same tone, there was a video and photos of the kid from Brown You'll have to help me with his name. I, I, uh, he was seen. He went through after all the drills. Oh, he's cleaning he, up the. He litter. cleaned up all of the all of the trash left behind by his position group on the bench. This is a big thing. Cleaning up the litter really uh, strikes people. Um, every every time there's video of this, people are are very very struck by the guy who cleans up after everybody. Um, I'm sure he made a good impression with with things I, like I think that so. as well. Combines are tailor made for. 
for you know an Ivy League quarterback to go impress people um, where his game film probably isn't going. Well, combines are tailor made for any player to go and impress people. I mean, you have to really try not to. Um, uh, with with these interviews, as as trained as they are, like Kayvon Thibodeau, um, he did not. You may get to this. Uh, He he decided midway through that. He was done for the day. He dropped out. Gave him a half day. And just said, like, hey, I've done a lot here, and I'm I'm out. Meanwhile, everybody in his position group that was participating finished. They all finished theirs. Huge statement. But the way he... the way he measured out and, you know, the, the, the athleticism of him was going to get him drafted top 10. But, again, he, he lived up to the expectation or the fear, however you want to define it, of what people thought about him coming into the combine week. Could have answered a lot of questions. Instead, left people yeah. leaving with some of the same questions. Well, it's also sad that, you know, the biggest compliment you give someone now is they didn't sound overly rehearsed and that we were still impressed yeah. with people. I mean, that's, that's where we are. Here's, Either you pass the script and you do okay and no one talks about you because it was fine or you were actually sincere and didn't appear yeah. rehearsed and people talk about that in a good way. Well, here's really the funny one of those thing two. about that, Chad, is um, I, I, I thought I didn't hear too many guys that sounded particularly rehearsed. But I also didn't go in like it wasn't like um, what is um, – who's the quarterback we talked about? The uh, Ritter. Arkansas quarterback several years ago who came in with a lot of – there wasn't anybody you were going in like, oh, how's he going to account for this? How's he going to – there weren't anybody coming in he went that to the was Patriots. in big trouble. I know you're talking about – yeah. Begins with an M. Oh, Ryan Mallett? Ryan, Ryan Mallett, thank you. Right. Yeah. So there wasn't I couldn't a Ryan get Mitch Mallett Mustang out of my in. head. Yeah. The there wasn't a Ryan Mallett coming in that everybody was like, oh, what's, how's he going to account for all this stuff? What's he going to say? So, again, it was a combine where, like, there wasn't – a huge podium draw yeah. where how's this guy going to explain his arrest, his, his curfew break, all of that stuff. There wasn't one of those. So the rehearsal thing, I thought a lot of people were natural, but there weren't anybody, there wasn't anybody that really had to um, put on a, a particularly good podium show. Here's, here's to me, maybe it was the biggest story of the whole thing. Big man speed. I mean, these guys are just getting ridiculous. Jordan Davis yesterday was the huge story. Four seven eight at three hundred forty one pounds, a thirty two inch vertical. That's not speed. I understand. Ten three broad jump, the best by a three hundred forty pound or bigger guy ever by fifteen inches. The athleticism of giant guys. Twelve offensive linemen broke five seconds in the forty, the most since two thousand and three. The top five were among the fastest offensive linemen in history. Well, the these big dudes combine top to bottom run. was the fastest ever, right? Yeah, but I, I mean, I, we're Jordan expecting Davis. the skill positions. Jordan Davis, you watch that run. I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, he was impressive. He's at what three hundred forty-one. I think he's faster at the combine than Patrick Mahomes was. Yeah, <laughs> that's and all you need to know. He ran a four-seven-eight. I think Jerry Rice ran a four-seven-one. That's crazy. Um, now, Jordan Davis, I will say, I watched in the SEC championship game, and I thought he dogged it on, on plays, and he didn't play third down at Georgia. Well, here's- so if he's this fast, you would think on third down, a turn and chase down, if he's this fast, you'd want him on the field. He is a run stopper. I know. So he's also valuable in these schemes today where you're taking up a, a gap and a half at times. He can do that, but I, I'm with you, Paul. You see that athleticism. I was reading something today about it saying – well, yeah, he's a run stopper at Georgia, but with these times, Why maybe he's a guy it? who can impact the, the, 
you know, the passing game also, but I'm thinking, well, if he's a run stopper at Georgia, he's probably going to be a run stopper in the NFL also. I don't know right. that that's going to change Are you drafting a, a run stopper top 15? I, I'm not drafting a guy in the top 15 who doesn't play three downs. On this draft, I, I don't would. think that those – I think he made himself some money with this combine and, and the measurables and all of that. But I also personally just don't think that because he had a fast 40 time, suddenly he's going to be a, a dominant – Pass rusher no, it, from the interior. It shows you his athleticism, athleticism and his explosion. That you can grow. That you can grow for sure. I, I mean, he's a phenomenal athlete. Yeah. What you do with him from there is kind of. Unreal. I think he's going to be a top fifteen pick. Yeah, yeah. I think he probably is too. But uh, maybe one, of, one of the things uh, Hut just said there factors into it in this draft. Well, in this draft, if there were better skill position players that that well, pushed up I mean, there in quarterbacks, he'd be more like twenty five. He'd be more like twenty five. Um, there's a commonality, here's number three, in a lot of what some of the big NFL reporters wrote about this potentially being uh, Indianapolis's last combine. But not just, not just Indianapolis. Um, the Rams staff doesn't go anymore, right? It was optional for the staff. McVay and, um, and the general manager don't go. And there was some... Albert Breer wrote about this. Some complaints. If you were in your coaching booth trying to watch, there's music playing for the fans there. And the music playing for the fans there drowns out the name of the guy that's about to run or do the drill. And I can't hear that. And that annoys me if I'm a scout uh, or, or a GM or a coach. It makes me less likely to want to be there. I'm not getting my work. They're showing the NFL Network on the boards in there instead of showing me who's about to run live because they might be showing highlights of Davis's run over and over and over on NFL network. And I need to see who the next guy is. So the TV show is conflicting with the business at hand. And if the business's hand makes me not want to be there, the TV show is less good. If they can't show the coaches watching or timing or scribbling down notes, the TV show is less good. So how do they strike a balance in this whole thing? There's some fear, uh, among the writers at least, that the TV show is going to turn off the coaches and the GMs who are going to increasingly stay home, which makes for a less good TV show. And they get caught in this circle. The combine has to kind of decide what it wants to be. And if you want to be a better TV show, you're going to sacrifice some of the things that make you a better TV show when the people stop showing up. That's a problem. The, the, it's the a problem. The league's always going to show up in some capacity because teams are not going to do anything that they perceive would allow another team to have a leg up on them. So if the general manager doesn't show up, they're going to, I mean, it's not like the Rams don't go. They don't ignore the combine. Well, their head coach and their GM aren't there and they're the Super Bowl winners. So we look for trickle down stuff. So they allow their staff that's paid to go scout these guys to show up and go scout these guys. Right. But that doesn't help the TV product because they're not showing, but, hey, here's the Rams scout. But, you know, that, that's the one area where the copycat league, I mean, the Rams just won the Super Bowl and teams aren't copying the Rams by sending the general manager and, and head coach out on vacation instead of showing up to, the, to Indianapolis. Well, Breer had a couple of people tell him if it goes this direction, we're going to not come. Well, that's a veiled threat. I mean, it, it's been in this direction. It's been, think, it's been in this direction. Go complain to your owner if you don't like it. I don't know which direction it heads, but I, I think there's, there's it's fair It's been a TV stuff. product if now the, for a couple of years on yeah, prime but time. The, but the music and that stuff in the building hasn't been as bad as it's gotten this year. 
It's a, it, some of it's that also, stuff's coming to a head. It's incredible to me about, you know, when you bring up the possibility of this thing moving. It's going to move. How attached people are to Indianapolis, of all places. And it's just because of ease. It's more very, than anything else. Well, you can walk everywhere in about it's 12 minutes. It's easy. People know it. They're familiar with it. And they, they love it, you know, with it being that easy. The buzz now is they may stay for another. They may postpone the move. So it could be there in 2023 because of all the feedback they've gotten. I, I don't see we'll any see. problem with you can experiment. What, you can do both. Like have it in Indy every other year. Don't ever keep them out of the rotation where it's going to be there at least every other year. And if you want to splice in a different location – wants to try it out and then yeah. keep Indy on the books after that, go ahead. Have at it. It's like we say about like the draft. Nashville should be a linchpin city in the draft. There's Super Bowl. Uh, you know, New Orleans should be pretty frequent Super Bowl yeah. destination. The SEC men's basketball tournament should be in Nashville every year. And it's going to be in a rotation where two out of every three years is going to be in Nashville. I think you do the same with a combine. Maybe make it a two out of every three years in Indy. And then mix it up every so often. Well, the thing, the thing that's going to make it, uh, aside from the music being played and whatever's being played on the Jumbotrons and Indy, you're going to, the, the attendance for that is going to be much greater than the attendance would be for, you know, LA or Dallas, where everything is just going to be so spread out. At least in my mind, as I try to think about the logistics, I mean, I think someone timed this out at one point. The longest walk that a member from an NFL team or a player would have to make to each other or to attend an event or an interview is 12 minutes. Yeah, Peter King, I think, said 13 today. Um, and, you know, in Dallas or in, in Los Angeles, you know, you're busing places from hotels and then you're going to other facilities. It's the, the, the ease of Indy makes things very simple. You fly in. Once you're there, you can literally walk everywhere. It's a very walkable city at that. But I'm not talking about what's, what goes on after the day's work. I'm talking about the work itself. You can walk without ever leaving the interior complex. And even if that's in a hotel next door. And I think the value of that is significant, significantly more to me for a team than it would be, okay, uh, this is a TV product now. That's why when Chad's hat blew off one time when we were there, he didn't even go back and get it. Because he's like, we're going to be mostly indoor. I don't need to turn around and get that hat. It was my scarf. Actually. It was a scarf. There's a beer. Scarf, There's yeah. a beer. Yeah. And that thing, that I'm not thing a big hat guy, as you know. Into like a time warp. I don't know. What, that it, thing vanished. You know, there, there it are was certain, like the DeLorean in Back to the Future. Certain people believe like we are in a simulation. Like life is just a simulation. Every now and then you'll see a glitch. This was a glitch. This was a glitch where it blew off. And instead of just like blowing down the road, it just vanished. I thought it was going to be like American <laughs> Beauty. Where it floated around beautifully. It, it, it did not do that. It, it looked it like gone. the end of the, the Marvel movie where they all just disintegrate. Spoiler alert. That's what happened to my scarf in that moment. My last item here, guys. Uh, the Georgia defense. Just ridiculous. I mean, we talked about Jordan Davis and what he ran. Devontae Wright at Wyatt. 477 at 304 pounds. Trayvon Walker shooting up boards now, very likely top 10 guy defensive end. People are saying maybe number two yeah. to the Lions also. Trayvon Walker was a forgotten player in Georgia he because they were so good. That's how here. good they were. N'Kobe Dean, the inside linebacker. Channing Tindall, linebacker, 42 inch vertical. Um, Quay Walker, the linebacker, very good. The safety, Lewis Seen. Um, the best safety had 11 and one broad jump and Jake Camarda, the punter ran a four, five, six. That's how deep 
their offerings are if you count the punter so as was, a defensive player. They, this was an outstanding group. Everything I read said they all really got gold stars for interviewing collectively. Like there wasn't a bad one in the bunch. They all impress. They all leave with rising stock. Uh, insert Isaiah Wilson joke here. Yeah. Um, well, I stuck to defense. Okay. So 25%. This, this was the largest combine, right? Of invited uh, I'm not players. Positive about that. 25% of some like 330 plus players, 25% of those players were SEC players. 14 players were from Georgia in this combine. Uh, and you know what I didn't hear all weekend? Who's Georgia's quarterback again? Didn't matter. And this reinforces that. It didn't matter that Stetson Bennett was the Georgia quarterback because they had this. Um, tremendous show. Tremendous Tremendous athleticism and future pro potential. Maybe the greatest defense of all time. Really, when you look at it in this era of of football, with what they were able to do defensively throughout the year against great offenses, uh, it's and it's showing now, and it's going to show in the draft. Hit us up at Outkick three hundred and sixty is where you can find us. Uh, A couple of uh, around the NFL news and notes: the Patriots are releasing Kyle Van Noy, very productive player for them. Um, he's going to be back on the open market. Jack Doyle, tied in for the Indianapolis Colts, has announced his retirement. And while we were doing this, I think I saw something from T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton is back. Is that right? Chris Ballard talked like he expected him back. Okay. So he's going to be back. And uh, Jack he needs Doyle. needs a healthy year. Yeah, so T.Y. Hilton, not done yet. He said, first 12, now 84. My two closest friends have left me. Enjoy retirement, guys. Save me a seat at the table. I'll miss you more than anything. So he's confirming that he's back based on his comments uh, about Jack Doyle announcing his retirement. Uh, the Patriots are interested in a trade for Robbie Anderson. And this was interesting. Of course, the wide receiver for the, the Panthers, who was targeted like 100 times and only had 50 catches. Um, you could blame that someone. You know, he was, he was the wide receiver that would, was getting into it with Sam Darnold as they were coming off the field. On a couple of occasions. They like, know him well from the Jets, too. Well, they, they know him well from the Jets. They, they tried to sign him prior to him signing with Carolina. Um, and then, so it, it would make sense that Belichick would still be interested. But there, there is discussion that the, the Patriots have at least inquired about what it would take to trade for Robbie Anderson I from Carolina. So there's that. And then the ongoing discussions, or lack thereof, between the Ravens, and Lamar Jackson, which deserves a much deeper conversation because of the perception that with Jackson representing himself, that he's about to, uh, he's about to blow it. And I I think he's about to blow it. I think if you look into the details, he's playing this perfectly, perfectly with the money that he can make over the next couple of seasons as a franchise player. If they, if they tag him, if they no, he's going to make Patrick Mahomes money. Patrick Mahomes, over the first three years of this ten mil, this one hundred million dollar deal, uh, would make about four million more than if Lamar Jackson just holds out and demands a franchise tag each of well, the next two I'm years. I'm saying it, that's what Kirk Cousins did. He played franchise tag, franchise tag with Washington, and just went about his business. Got to the third season and forced right, forced but their it, hand. But in this case, he's going to make more than Kirk Cousins type money, and he's going to do it. As a former MVP, um, he's going to be able to then uh, potentially name his price at a very young age whenever all that's done. So if the long play is, I'm going to get top dollar 
and instead of signing a three-year deal now, I'm going to play this upcoming season where he's going to make, like, was it 15, 16 million, uh, which is substantially more than what he made. He made like a million and a half last year, base, in year four. He's got that fifth-year option coming up where he's going to get paid a huge payday. And then if they franchise him over the next two years, if you compare that to a three-year contract, let's say, that he would sign, he's making more than what Kirk Cousins would have made or will make in Minnesota in his final year coming up. And it's only going to be like four or five million less than Mahomes made on the first three years of his extension which broke the bank on that $500 million deal where a hundred million of it got is within like the first four years. It's good, but it doesn't help him up front. And if he gets hurt, he's screwed. Well, if he gets hurt, he's screwed, but so do all these injury guarantees or non-guarantees and contracts. When we come back. Franchise tax guaranteed, fully guaranteed, by the way. So he doesn't get, I mean. But at long term, if he, if he has if he, something that but if Patrick Mahomes, if Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, is he getting paid $500 million? Not all of it, but more of it than than um, he's. I mean, than he would be on on a franchise tag. He's. I mean, he gets top five sal top five equivalent of the top five salaries, right, at the position yeah. for the and franchise tag. Then the next tag. year, that plus twenty percent. So if you have got Rodgers and Mahomes and Allen, and maybe if you get a, 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 a an average, average of that over the next two years after this season, and that's fully guaranteed upon signing your name, injury or not. I mean, the guy's going to be set. Most guys would want to be number one somewhere along the way on that. If he doesn't want that, I like that. I hate that guys have to take their turn to be number one and don't look at something like that. I would love to discuss the NFL broadcasting game of musical chairs that's taking place right now and the new reports out there. of Kirk Herbstreet on the move but staying put. Al Michaels, everything is riding on him and where he wants to go next. It's a fascinating game taking place, and Paul – you often talk about how you hate there are no original movies or things being done in Hollywood right now. It's all remakes. Same thing's happening in football broadcasting. Because guys got turned down. It's true. We'll talk about these, it. These and we have, have different views of a new show. We'll talk about it. It's all coming up on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Players' championship odds for you. FanDuel.com slash OK360 is the website where you can opt in, sign up, New Year's is only. Uh, this week, before they tee off on Thursday, bet $5 to win 150 on either golfer to make the cut. Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, or Xander Shoffley. Again, that's this week. You bet $5. It's uh, live in all FanDuel states. New York and Tennessee will pay out in site credit. All others paid out in cash. That's the PGA. You opt in. Bet $5 to win 150 on either golfer to make the cut. That's 30 to 1. Odds. Fandle.com slash OK360. Um, we will get into Kirk Herbstreet and Amazon and what's to come on Thursday Night Football uh, coming up later this week. Big SEC tournament will tip off later this week as well. Bracket's going to be a lot of fun. 
uh, with all of uh, that happened over the weekend, just setting the scene and the stage for Auburn and Tennessee, Arkansas, Kentucky. It's going to be a great tournament in Tampa, and I hope it's half the atmosphere of what it would have been in Nashville had Nashville been able to have the draw of the SEC tournament. It won't be. No. Uh, it will not be a great atmosphere uh, in Tampa, but it's, it should be a really good tournament. We'll get into that broadcasting musical chairs I mentioned also because it's going to be a longer discussion uh, at some point later in the week with a lot of craziness going on around NFL broadcasting. But, Paul, last night, the winning time on HBO premiered. Um, I was looking forward to this, showed you guys the trailer way back when, when it dropped. Um, I was impressed with the debut, but I also am fully aware of Adam McKay, the director, and how he directs things. And if you've seen The Big Short, that's a good, that was an Oscar-nominated film. That's a good example of he likes to have his actors break the fourth wall and turn to the camera and talk to the camera at times and explain different scenes. You this were not a fan of this. This is a show about the Lakers. But the, yes, yeah. the, the 80s Lakers. Um, I mean, I just didn't feel like breaking the fourth wall fit with the time period uh, of, uh, you know, 70s. Um, <laughs> the time? It, is right you didn't like it? Never minding that. It was terrible. It was slow. The guy playing Magic had the, the, the portrayal of Magic had no electricity to it whatsoever. They kept telling us how Magic was going to be electric and sweep the things. The Jerry West guy overacted horribly, and uh, it was just terrible. I, I kept hoping it got good, and then I turned into hoping it would end. Well, here's my one issue is the, the, the portrayal of Jerry West, let's say. I've not read, read Perlman's book, okay? So it's based off Jeff Perlman's book about the Showtime-era Lakers. That is the source material for this. That book is nonfiction, completely nonfiction. There are disclaimers at the start of the series and at different times about um, the elements that are nonfiction and maybe some exaggerations with characters and different things. I don't want something... I, I get the comedic value of it, and it's sort of a comedy drama, the way it's portrayed, but was Jerry West really that angry? I don't know. I've never read a, de a depiction of Jerry West like I saw last night from this actor, where he's swearing, throwing F-bombs at everyone, throwing things through glass windows. I have never thought of Jerry West in this way. Vehemently didn't want Magic Johnson? I didn't know that there was No any. idea that, that he was angry and never liked Magic Johnson, never wanted to draft him in the first place. Sidney Moncrief. This may all be true, but this is an injustice to Jerry West if it's not completely true that way, right? So that to me, that's the dangerous part of your taking – actual people and portraying them on film in something that's entertaining. I'm entertained by this show so far, but I hope it's true to the Perlman book at least. And what people said about Jerry West. I liked it so little. I don't know if I'll be returning. I set a recording for oh, it if, to record. The way you're episode. describing it, you should not return to it. Yeah, I did not. Like you were out it. It completely. Was, I don't understand how it, the whole thing is about this fast basketball team and how it's going to be sexy, and the show was slow and not sexy, if you will. It, that the show it wasn't at all like what he's talking I, I about. I once again am just completely amazed at, you, at the way you've watched a show. The last thing I would say about this show is that it was slow. 
It had music throughout it. Nothing it was happened. jokes. Happened. Guys are doing something and turning. It opens in a nude scene. You would think I mean, that Magic Johnson it was not was slow. In, you would think that Magic Johnson was in L.A. for 15 days for his job interview. One That's of the first scenes. One of the first scenes is in the Playboy Mansion. This is not a slow. You could call the show a lot of things. Not a slow show. I did not have that take on. How long do you think Magic was in L.A. for this whole thing? Well, Paul, it's a series. It's not no, a movie. I know, I know but he went. They got to show the entire he, 80s. He's he, not even a Laker until well, Paul, the very end of it. Paul expected the HIV drafted. speech to happen last night. In the, the, no, by the way, the show opens drafted. on the HIV diagnosis and then goes back in time. He went and there. And shows him arriving in LA. He went there to be interviewed pre draft, like to convince them to draft him. How long do you think he was there? Because in the show, it felt like two weeks. He, I felt like he was there about was a, a day and a, a week. half. About a week is what it felt like. <laughs> felt like months. Maybe he got there and didn't want to leave. I would love to. He uh, wanted to leave. Norm Nixon made him feel like he wanted to leave. He packed up and gave up. Plenty of women there for him. Uh, no doubt about it. There are women in the show, too. Spoiler alert. They're in L.A. Uh, it's the round Dr. Jerry bus. Spoiler there alert. There are women involved. Watch this early in your evening because you might not Look, make here's, it through it. Bottom line, slow. I liked it. Paul hated I it. I will like also it. disagree with calling it slow or saying that you didn't feel like the time period was good for breaking the fourth wall. I don't know what the time period has anything to do with it in a comedy. Trust me, when people watch it, they'll understand. But don't okay. watch it. I, I, don't, I wouldn't take suggestions from, from Paul on shows. I also, he gave me a terrific suggestion on a movie that, uh, that was excellent. And I got no credit for that. Back. No, not my house. No credit. No credit. Uh, I no. wanted, I, uh, my, no, he wife, was my wife was, was like, selection. finally, something light oh. and fun. Great choice. And I was like, oh, thanks. Yeah, I've been looking for something for a while. Just totally take took complete credit yeah, for was, my suggestion. I was going to say Chad's McClain right? joins us tomorrow. We'll have NFL notes and headlines. Swanson, we'll watch the to show tonight. Give us the your Calvin assessment. Ridley story where he's been suspended for the year. Uh, that, the SEC tournament, more on Outkick 360. Don't block the box, but please kindly lock your locks.